Hi, and welcome back to Reflect Forward. I'm your host, Carrie Siggins. I hope you're having a great day today. I am excited to bring you my guest today, Bob Arcianaga. Bob is the founder and managing partner of Advisory Board Architects, which he founded in 2005. And he just started a new company called Boardology, which is a spinoff of their technology platform that they use. And he'll tell us all about that. Uh, he is all about building high impact boards. And he learned this through working in his family business and uh, having a board that wasn't um, as effective as he thought it could be. And he went on a mission to build a better board. And that's where the idea of ABA, Advisory Board uh, Architects, came from, which he shares that story. And he's really, over the last 20 years, figured out, you know, what makes a great board? What, what makes a great board member? And how do CEOs work with their boards to become more effective? And, uh, and I really, really enjoy this interview. It's, uh, it's fascinating. I love sitting on boards. And so I uh, was very curious to get Bob's opinion. I also know Bob from YPO. We were in YPO Colorado together. We're both in different chapters now, but I've had the opportunity to work with him on several things. And and he's just an awesome human being. He's so funny and uh, and definitely gives it to you straight, which I always appreciate. And uh, and I think you'll really enjoy this interview. It's a whole different perspective on leadership and how to go about building a strong board of directors. So hang tight and I'll be right back with Bob. All right. I am back, everybody. Bob, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate you being here. It's great to be here with you, Carrie. Thank you. Thanks. All right. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, Advisory Board Architects? Sure. So Bob Arsenyaga, uh, founder of ABA and our sister company, Boardology. I founded the company, she's almost 20 years ago. Apparently I'm getting old. And Boardology is a, is a new company. It's the technology version of our, of our uh, methodology. And that was started two years ago, right during the pandemic, actually. So uh, a bit of a bright side to a otherwise uh, dismal time. But uh, yeah, we started the, the businesses, both ABA and Boardology, to work with organizations in, in maximizing the strategic impact of their boards. So it goes a little bit beyond the, the traditional governance focus and really focuses on how the boards can be unlocked to act as a strategic accelerator to the business. So through our proprietary methodologies and technology, we focus on increasing what we call the three E's uh, of the board, engagement, effectiveness, and efficiency. So it's been, a, it's been an amazing ride. And I mean, I guess with all humbleness, I'm, I'm proud to say that since our inception over 20 years ago, or about 20 years ago, our systems have been implemented now in almost 2000 board meetings in, in 14 different countries. So it's, it's, it's been an amazing experience for us. Uh, while our expertise is around board effectiveness uh, and efficiency, our passion is really around human collaboration. That's what really drives me. I love to see a group of individuals come together and, and help solve some of the biggest issues facing an organization or, or a group of people. So my belief is that boards um, should exist to, to solve an organization's most, most difficult growth issues and, and not really for reporting or compliance purposes, although uh, that some of that's needed at times. We don't see that as primary focus. 
Yeah, I agree. And so do you help? So a client would call you and say, hey, I need help either revamping my board or a board isn't working effectively. You know, walk us through a little bit about you know, how, how it works. Yeah, usually when I, uh, when I speak into somebody or, or anybody on my team, we're usually having a very similar type of conversation that you and I are having. There's usually a lot of questions about, well, I have a board or I'm thinking about building one and, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not bad in any way. There's no, there's no dysfunction, but I'm not sure if we're going to, if we're really maximizing the value and the talents and skills of the people that, that we've put on our board and. Or, or it's not done consistently. We, we get, sometimes we have a meeting and it's, and it's really powerful. Other times, you know, I'm not sure if we really got any value. And so the, the idea is, you know, usually when we're having conversations with, with CEOs or, or chairmen or owners of businesses, it's usually we're, we're having some very honest discussions about here's some things that you may want to consider doing that are going to potentially drastically change over time, the way your board functions from a process perspective and the type of impact that it generates. But, but again, it's, they're, they're small steps, but they have to be consistently maintained. And, and that's the beauty of our system. So typically that's what we're having conversations with individuals about is, is how they can make small tweaks to their board that are going to have tremendous long-term impact. Yeah. I try to look at my board as a strategic advantage. And, you know, when you look at it through that lens, I think you are, and I've made a lot of changes because of looking at it through that lens. It does, it gives you a different perspective on the type of people you want on your board, how you're going to work with them, the problems that you bring to them. And so is that what you try to help your clients look at it? Like, is how is this really going to be a strategic advantage for you? Yeah, we, we really do explain to most CEOs that, that they control the dial. Yeah. Of impact. We call, we call the boards that we're trying to build a methodology that promotes our boards, uh, the high impact board system. So we're all about high impact and we're, there's a lot of steps in that process, but one of the major steps that most CEOs, I think sometimes forget is that they can control that dial based on the types of agenda topics that they choose to bring to the board. If you bring board the board members topics that aren't truly strategic or don't really move the needle, you're probably, you could have a great discussion, but it may not lead the organization anywhere drastically different because the topic may have been, I don't know, not as strategic as it could have been, or it could have been presented in such a way that it wasn't very strategic at all as well. So it's something to pay attention to for CEOs is what type of what type of topics am I bringing to them? How many topics are we, are we trying to boil the ocean in this one meeting and yeah. going to get all this stuff and we need to get them up to speed? You know, that's when boards, board meetings start to take a, uh, a different tact and they're typically not as strategic as they could be. Yeah, absolutely. On the boards I sit on and, you know, talking with my peers, whenever I hear them say, oh, I just feel like it's a dog and pony show. I'm like, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> well, there's a little bit of that in every board meeting, but board meeting. But if that's what you really feel like, it's just like something to check off your list. Okay, who got that done. And, you know, now, uh, you know, the next one's a couple months away. It just is the wrong, uh, wrong ap approach. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So how did you get into this field? I get asked that question a lot. 
So we're the world's first board outsourcing company. That that term didn't exist until ABA was was built. And um, we've been highlighted in, in a number of books and publications. One of our, I guess, more honorable mentions was we were mentioned in a book called Exponential Organizations by Salim Ismail. And it's been, a, it's been an amazing book. And they interviewed many of our clients about how they're running their boards. And that's how they came to find us is because some of our clients told them we outsource everything, including our board function. And so that's, uh, that's how we were able to be mentioned in there. And, you know, I suppose I was, I was too naive to realize how hard it was in getting boards to act as this strategic accelerator that I keep talking about to, to a business. So I actually built ABA for myself. Originally there was no ABA and, and I was in, I was involved in my family's business and I'll never forget. I went to a board meeting for one of our businesses that, that we had invested in. And, uh, afterwards I remember I told my dad how extremely frustrated I was on how the board meeting went. It was primarily a reporting function and it didn't seem to provide a lot of value to the CEO and the team when they walked out of the meeting. And I know that cause I asked them, you know, how much value was created. And they said it was a typical board meeting, which meant none. So I realized that once I started calculating the costs of having this group of very well, well-respected and uh, experienced CEOs and, and executives, I realized that we were wasting not just money, but time and opportunity because we had these great people and we weren't leveraging them correctly. So I decided to change it. Now, uh, maybe looking back on it, if I had known what I know now, I may not have done it because I didn't realize it was going to take years to really develop a process that unlocks the power of a board and do it consistently. So that was, I guess, version 101 of our system before ABA was even built. Now I think we'd be on version 5,000 and something at this point, because we're constantly tweaking the system and, and possibly making enhancements into our methodology. But back then it, it did take quite a bit of time to really maximize the process or at least the initial platform. And I didn't even know at that time it was a platform. I was literally just building this for myself so that I didn't waste any more time or money in board meetings. Yeah, makes sense. And so fast forward to version 5000 and whatever, and now you have Boardology. Explain a little bit about, you know, how you turned it into a technology platform and sure. how you would use it. Yeah, that's a good question. So we built the methodology and ABA as a full white glove service for our clients. So many of our clients need our help on, on multiple levels of designing what a high impact board is going to do for them and how it's going to look, how it's going to be compensated, all of those things they needed help in then building and executing that. And then finally, once it was built and implemented, everybody was trained and, and the system was working and they had their first meetings on it, then they needed someone to kind of look at how the, the impact that was being generated from the system and the board going forward and maintain that level of high impact. So that's, that's ABA. That's our white glove service. We do all of that for our clients. The only thing we really, as I tell them all the time, the only thing we really don't do is we don't think for them. They got to tell us where they want to go. We'll help them refine that to some degree, but it's, it's their vision. It's, it's their strategy. It's not ours. We don't, we're not strategic consultants in that way. 
Boardology was built because we had quite a few companies that were coming to us saying, well, I only want this piece or I only want that piece. I really only want to see the data from my board. I don't know that we need ABA's, all of ABA's services. There were even some smaller companies uh, and startup companies that were struggling to understand how their boards were impacting their business on a meeting by meeting basis. So we built Boardology to pull out some of the, some of the pieces of our methodology that we were already doing within our own technology within ABA. And we pulled out some of those pieces and we put them together and developed a new company called Boardology, which is a purely SaaS based model. There's some recommendations that we make for our clients and, and they get access to data that they've never seen on their boards. We can run comparisons for them and benchmark their boards against other boards of similar sizes, similar industries, however they want to cut it up. And, and so that's a separate model and it's purely SaaS based. We don't provide a lot of the service aspects of it, but we do provide a lot of insights and data and recommendations so that in um, organizations and boards can see on a meeting by meeting basis, how engaging are the meetings and potentially impactful for the future. And it looks at it on a meeting by meeting basis so that the organization can start to understand when it makes these adjustments based on the recommendations after each meeting, they can actually see how it's impacting engagement, the overall engagement of the, of the board members and the CEO of the team and, and how the board is starting to, to gel, to really move the organization forward to its strategic goals. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, thanks for sharing that. I, I, I knew you had started it, but I didn't know exactly what it did. So I appreciate the insight there. Uh, I'm curious, and this is what we'll be using in the YPO session that we're, we're running with the board. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a real easy platform because it takes very little time to set up. And once you set it up, it's, it's set. You have your, your dates in, in the system. The system knows who you're, you input your board members. It's pretty simple. And at that point, it's all hands off. And, and unless you're going to make changes to those things. And what ends up happening is after each meeting, each uh, individual participant in the meeting takes a very short survey. It's all automated. It takes less than 10 minutes to complete after the meeting. The data is aggregated. Recommendations are made. And a report is generated and sent out to all the participants if, if the client so wants it or, or just to certain individuals, depending on how they want it structured. And there's all the data for you about how the board meeting went and different aspects of the board and, and what pieces are working and what pieces might need some enhancements to generate more engagement and impact. That's great. That's great. All right. Now let's dive a little bit more into boards and your, sure. uh, you know, 20 years of experience of doing this. What do you think is the biggest mistake that CEOs or founders do when they start building a board? That's a good question. <laughs> we, we actually see a lot of mistakes. Well, I shouldn't say mistakes. They're just, people don't realize what is possible. And so they're really missing the mark in, in certain areas. So it, it's kind of hard to distill it down to three, but let me, let me take a stab at it. Kind of three more common, common issues that we see, you know, first boards evolve, they don't start out this way, but many times they evolved into mostly a reporting out session where we got to pick topics and we got to get the board members, like I said earlier, up to, up to speed. We don't like up to speed meetings. We believe that the collaboration needs to take place during the meeting. 
And the more time that the CEO educates the board on what's going on in the company, the less value is created. Let me say it a different way. The more the CEO and the team educate the board members on what the CEO and team already know, the less value is possible because the board members don't have an ability to share their insights, their ideas, their experiences, because we're too busy getting reported to about what's happened in the past. So that's one area where we find some immediate ways through the process of the board process and in prep process in particular, where we can impact our clients' board meetings almost immediately. First meeting out, it's a, it's a different, completely different feel and culture that's being built. So that's number one. Secondly, the structure. Uh, this is less of an issue for maybe some of some public company CEOs. It's, it's a bigger issue for private company CEOs because typically you're putting board members on that, you know, or have a trusting relationship with Harry, you and I are both in YPO. I've seen YPOers put their foreign mates on boards, on their boards because they trust them. Good friends, obviously. And I'm not saying those people can't add the value that you want, but it tends to be CEOs try and fit an individual into a board rather than making sure that the individual actually has the skills that the board needs and the organization needs at that, at that point in time. And so sometimes it would be, it would behoove the CEO to go beyond the people they know and trust and trust that they need certain information to help them really accelerate their business model. And they should bring in some people that they may not know that actually have those experiences and skill sets. And, and then finally, I think the biggest thing that we see holding boards back is a lack of accountability and transparency. Now, most CEOs are going to tell you, and most chairmen tell me all the time, our board is extremely accountable and extremely transparent. Now I'm not saying that CEOs are hiding anything from their boards or anything like that. What I'm saying is that where the transparency and accountability end is when the board meeting ends. And unfortunately there's typically very few organizations that do a really excellent job at evaluating the performance of the board as a whole and potentially even the board members in particular, evaluations are critical. CEOs get evaluated, teams get evaluated, everybody in the organization gets evaluated, but in most private company boards, board members and board performance is never evaluated. For us, we see that as a huge hindrance to getting the board to generate the maximum amount of value possible. And it's not about identifying whether board members are good or bad. It's more identifying, let's just assume that all the board members are rock stars. How could they as a group come together to create even more value from every single board interaction and meeting? That's the purpose of, from our perspective, what are the power of evaluation? <clears throat> so those would be three just off the top of my head. Yeah. And that last one, I think that's really interesting. We do a board effectiveness, an annual board effectiveness review, not after every single meeting. And I think it's really easy to forget or tell yourselves a story when you look back at the full year and say, oh yeah, you know, we did these things and we had these discussions, but I'm sure that, that you get a lot more acute 
and worthwhile data if you do it after every board meeting. You yeah, it, it, it's it's good that you guys are doing that even on an annual basis. A lot of companies don't. However, there tends to be where it can be a little bit more challenging is if you have one meeting and maybe it didn't go as well as, you know, as you would have liked, there's not an ability for you to aggregate any information to say, I wonder why. Yeah. Right. As a CEO, you may have some of your own thoughts and ideas on why it didn't work. But boy, wouldn't it be great if we could aggregate everybody that participated? Because it's all of our board meetings. It's not just the CEOs. It's all of our board meetings. And so wouldn't it be great to aggregate that data to understand what worked really well in this meeting? What potentially could we enhance in the next meeting? If you do it on an annual basis, you're going to have to wait another year before you start, before you actually gain some of those insights. And then, and then you have to make adjustments at that time. You know, in my world, that's, that's very, that's a very long time to wait. Yeah. That makes total sense. Interesting. Yeah. Good. All right. Let's, let's pivot a little bit and talk about board diversity and how does this process and how do you go about helping boards become more diverse? And why do you think that board diversity matters so much? Sure. Well, look, we run boards in a lot of different countries. So diversity means different things. Uh, depending on what part of the world you may be in. Diversity isn't always just uh, an American, uh, you know, the, the way Americans or, or U.S. companies see it. First and foremost, I think for every organization, I think a lot of organizations are dealing with this now, is defining what diversity means for them and what their individual diversity goals might look like. Okay, so we t take a similar stance in that diversity for us is important from the standpoint of having people from different backgrounds and genders and ethnicities, et cetera. What we're really looking for is diversity of thought. And that usually does come from experience. So obviously that's going to drive a lot of the diversity that we've been able to experience in our own boardrooms when we built boards, but we're really looking for thought leaders and thought leadership around specific strategic imperatives that our clients are trying to solve. That's how boards become truly impactful. So when we're thinking of board leaders and, and we're thinking of the kind of impact that those board leaders can generate, surprisingly, this is going to sound maybe counterintuitive, gender or ethnicity doesn't come into play very often. Now, what that ends up meaning for our clients is that most of our boards are highly diverse not just in thought, but actually per the guidelines that you would see of other mandates, uh, whether it be through different exchanges or even different countries that are in, inputting different mandates around boards. And so we, our boards tend to be much more diverse than any of the mandates dictate, but it wasn't because for any particular reason, we had to fill that one board seat with a female director, or we had to fill that one board seat with a Latino advisor. Okay. It wasn't because of that. It wasn't, it wasn't designed that way. It was really designed because that individual is the rock star that that board absolutely must have in order for that organization to achieve its next level of growth. So we do look at diversity quite a bit differently. That being said, I'm a Latino. Um, I was raised by a very strong group of women in my family 
the matriarch of our family was my grandmother, Aurora, who came to the United States from, from Monterrey, Mexico in the 1940s and started a business in her, in our garage. Well, not my garage at that time. I wasn't even born in her garage in East Los Angeles when tiny five foot little Mexican women were not supposed to be at that time uh, building businesses. Uh, they were supposed to be in the kitchen having babies. So uh, my grandmother was a bit of a maverick. Hopefully that a lot of that resonated with me and rubbed off on me. But uh, I have a very strong need to support not just my, my Latino community, but also, also seeing strong women rise to levels that, you know, my grandmother would, would appreciate. So we do have other programs that we provide, our board, board accelerator program, board leadership programs uh, that is specifically designed for minority candidates because it is a little bit different. Uh, it is a bit different when you walk into that boardroom, especially for the first time. Um, and I tell all CEOs that regardless of their race, creed, or color, that uh, what made them a great executive sometimes isn't going to make them the best board member. And they've, they've got to realize that before they walk in. Yeah, that's a really great perspective. Thanks for sharing that. And your grandmother sounds amazing. I'm oh, sure yeah. she rubbed, just knowing you personally, I'm sure she rubbed off on you. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. All right. So you've witnessed a lot of leaders uh, as you've gone through this process and developed your own leadership style yourself. So, you know, what is your leadership philosophy? What makes leaders great? Wow. You're giving me a lot of credit if you think I'm some kind of philosopher over here. <laughs> I'm not sure I have a philosophy at this particular moment in time, but, uh, but yeah, I wouldn't, I, I don't know that I would put myself in the, in the same realm of, of people like yourself who, who really understand this and have studied it and really get it. Um, I've just, I can just share with you what I've seen and, and given my role in my company, you know, I have the privilege of working with some amazing people, not just in, as part of ABA and, and our team, but but the people that, that sit on our boards, what we call our board leaders, I get the privilege of talking with them quite often and sitting through board dinners and, 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 uh, and sitting through board meetings and seeing how they interact. And, and I, we do see a lot of things that make board leaders truly effective. And then we see some things sometimes that maybe we need to course correct. But you'll notice that I'm calling ABA board leaders. I call them leaders because for that reason, we don't believe in board members in, in, in this kind of plays back to the leadership philosophy, I guess we, we really don't believe in, in board members. Uh, and we really do not like the term director. I've never seen a CEO be directed by a board member. It's never happened. I have heard directors tell CEOs what to do. And I've watched CEOs not do it, uh, not maybe not even pay attention. In some cases, they, they, they heard you, they didn't listen to you, but they heard you. Right. So look, we focus on, on board leadership for two reasons. One CEOs aren't going to be influenced by members on their boards, but they will follow leaders and they'll be allowed to be influenced by leaders. And then secondly, I think leaders realize, at least our board leaders do that they're responsible for supporting the CEO and making some really difficult decisions. And they get that. They're not there to dictate to the CEO, this is what you should do. I even hear board members tell me all the time, well, my primary role is to challenge the CEO. I, I gotta be honest with you, no, it's not. That doesn't work very well. No. Our belief is that a true board leader influences the CEO. That's their primary responsibility. 
You need to influence their thinking because that's actually all you're ever going to be able to do. And if you do that effectively, wow, you become a, a real powerful board leader, what we call a first call board leader. In our, in our training, this is what we train. And I've seen this in so many boardrooms and this might resonate with you, Carrie. Maybe you've seen something similar, not to put you on the spot here, but, um, in a lot of boards that we've seen, I would say most, even my own, by the way, there tends to be the one person that the CEO always calls first. Not that we're not going to discuss this with the other board, board leaders, because they're just as impactful as, but, but this person in particular seems to get us a bit more. He or she understands how to, how to influence our thinking better than the others. And so we build a trust factor with those individuals a little bit more so than maybe the rest of the board members. Not that we don't trust them. We do, but with this individual and, and this just happened to me last week with my team, we were discussing something and we don't make any strategic decision, not a one without discussing it with our board first. We've just learned the hard way that it's much more efficient <laughs> before we go off on one of my my tangents and one of my, Hey, wouldn't it be a great idea if we did this? And my team goes, yeah, Bob, you're brilliant. And then we go to the board and they go, where were you guys going with this? One? We just start with our board first. And what's amazing about some of our board leaders is their ability to influence our thinking at that early stage and not by telling us what to do or dictating or directing us in any way but truly influencing our thinking and being a trusted collaborator with us. I love that. I totally have that board member uh, who is so good at influencing my thinking and uh, have that trust factor. So that really resonates. But that's how I try to be a CEO too. Like my whole leadership philosophy is how do you influence positive outcomes? How do you help people po influence positive outcomes? And that word influence is so key. Nobody wants to be told what to do. Nobody wants to be re reprimanded. There's course correction. There's advice. There's influence. And, you know, I really want my team to, to think for themselves and to come up with their own ideas. And so how can I paint the picture for what success looks like in the vision and then influence, but make them you know, stand them up so they are their own leaders. And so I think that that's a great philosophy to have, whether you're a board leader or an executive leader, is is that ability to really influence positive outcomes and inspire people to consider what you're saying, um, not just do what you're saying because they have to, because they work for you. Yeah, and, and we even take board leadership to another level because we really do believe that leadership is dictated by action. Yep. It's not by title yep. um, and, and it, and it involves making some very difficult decisions and, and just, you know, it's not like somebody always has the answer and you shouldn't expect your board leaders to always have the answer, nor should the board leaders expect CEO to always have the answer. It's ridiculous, right? It's illogical to think that. And so instead what, what we've tried to find is when board leaders come to a board meeting with great ideas. It shouldn't just stop there to really enhance your leadership skills and become that true first call board leader. You need to take it to the next level. How can you help the CEO in thinking through that idea and how it would work for them? Yep. That's the piece that we see ideas to action in a boardroom is something that is severely missing in most boardrooms.
Yeah. That's such great insight. I hope every CEO who's listening to this like really gets that important piece of it because, um, you know, I've, I've been working with my board for the past 12 years, 13 years since I've been CEO. And it really only took me until like these probably last four or five to figure that out. And we skyrocketed through COVID because of all of that work. But, uh, you know, I just never selected board members who did that until until this latest board that I have. And it just makes such a huge difference. And that's what I care about the most is are you are you gonna be able to help me? Are you helping me? Or are you making my life harder? If you're making my life harder, then this isn't gonna work because I already have a hard life. <laughs> yeah, you're you're exactly right. And and I think look, it's funny. I, I, I say this, I, I talk about this board leadership and this this idea of being a first call board leader. And people often tell me, and I'm sure someone's going to ask me about this one too, and maybe ask you too, are you sure you want to say that on, on a podcast such as this? Because now your board's going to see it and they're going to start asking you, so who, am I the board leader? Who, who's your first call? <laughs> you know I, think they, I think they all know, they all know who it is. <laughs> oh no, oh no, exactly. They all know. Yes. And first call board leader is usually so effective yeah. in not just influencing my thinking, and, and my team thinking, they often are the, the catalyst to influencing the thinking of the whole board. 100%. Right? And the other board members recognize that as well. Yep. And what I want, and I tell all of them this, I want all four of you to be my first call. Yeah. I want all of you to be that. So strive for it. Let's do it. I love it. I love it. Great advice. I have great advice. And, and I really inspired Bob because as I, you know, I sit on a few boards and as I grow my board repertoire, that's what I want to be too. And so, you know, going through what you offer at ABA and really thinking through what does a value board board member bring to the table, I, I goes back to what you're saying. You might've been a great executive, but that might not make you a good board member because of how you show up in those board meetings, not just about yeah. the experience you bring, but are you helpful? Can you influence? Are you seen as that first call board member? So I love that. Yeah. We, this is why we train every single board leader before they go into an ABA boardroom for the first time. I don't care how much board experience you have. We've had some amazing people that have gone through our program that have been on boards for 20, 30 years. And they were like, oh my gosh, you guys are blowing my mind right now because these are concepts and methodologies and tools that I can use in a boardroom that I've never even ever thought about. Yeah. In a lot of cases, they were doing something like it, but it wasn't consistent and it wasn't planned out. And, and so that's, that's what our board leadership program is about. Yeah, it's great. Good. All right. Well, we're almost to the end here. So I have two other questions that I want to ask you before we wrap yep. up. So the name of this uh, podcast is Reflect Forward. What does Reflect Forward mean to you? What really resonates with me is not having any regrets. So every opportunity is an opportunity to experience something new. I'm an experienced junkie. Any crazy stuff I can do on an experience level, no matter how ridiculously stupid or scary it is, either I have my forum pushing me to do it or, uh, or something inside of me is saying, you know, it's going to really suck if you, if, if tomorrow's your last day and you had this opportunity and you missed it. Right. Uh, so I, I, I really do believe that not going through and, and obviously you're going to make mistakes along the way. You're going to have some bumps and bruises. But I look at those as, uh, as ways to, okay, well, next time I'll have to do it a bit differently. 
right? So I guess continuous improvement is what it to some degree uh, resonates with me. Yeah. And no regrets. I love that. I love it. All right. And if you had one piece of advice to leaders who are looking to be exceptional at what they do, what would that be? This is something we talk to a lot of people about who come to us and they say, well, I think I'm ready to be on a board. And we say, great. What's your expertise? Or I look at board bios. You and I are going to talk about this. I look at board bios and they have under skills and expertise, they have about 30 different things. Okay. No offense to anybody. I don't mean to offend anybody, but most people see right through that. There's a really good book out there called Writing Without Bullshit. Uh, I don't remember the author's name, but I talk about it so much because we see so much of it in board bios. Don't try and be an expert at everything. You won't be. No one believes you anyway. No one buys it. Be an expert at something, right? And you are. You are an expert at something. You're better than most people. If not, you might be even in that top five or 1%. Be an expert at that. Just be, just have that expertise. Love it. Own it. If you're an expert at it, you're truly passionate about it and let it drive you because trying to be everything to everybody, look, it's, it's just like the value of any other brand, right? You, you got to think of, of your board bio and, and maybe of your professional career as, as a brand and those brands, uh, is I'm not a marketing expert, but what I have been told from sitting around so many of them in board meetings and, and great ones is that brands that try and be everything to everybody aren't really super highly valued. Might be a great company, but, but typically not really highly valued from a, from a, you know, from a valued perspective. And then you think of those other brands that are highly valued and they're usually very niche. So that would be my suggestion to CEOs. Don't try to be everything to everybody. People see right through that. Be your authentic self, own what you love. Obviously, as CEO, you're, you're responsible for everything. So there's going to be some things that you have to do that maybe you don't love. <laughs> we all have to, right? But then there's those one or two things that, look, this is it, man. I, I'm, I'm really good at this. Not that I don't want others' input or collaboration or ideas, but actually I own this. This is mine. I'm really good at it. Great advice. All right. And how can people find you both personally, ABA, Boardology? Yeah. So advisorboardarchitects.com is uh, ABA's uh, website. Boardology.com is, is the Boardology website. Me, uh, Robert Arsenaga. If you Google me, uh, trust me, there isn't a lot of Robert Arsenagas. You're going to find myself or my dad. <laughs> so uh, there's not that many of us. Uh, so it's, it's I'm not hard to find at all. What? Wonderful. Well, and I'll include that in the show notes, including your uh, LinkedIn profile. Perfect. All right, Bob. Well, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for coming and sharing uh, your wisdom with us. I really appreciate it. It was a fantastic interview. Larry, what an honor and a privilege. I'm, it's, it's, this is going to sound condescending and over doesn't, but I'm so proud of what you've been able to do and achieve with this. This is great. And in what you're doing for people, it really resonates. So keep it going. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, with that, hang tight. We'll be right back. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that with Bob. Uh, great guy. So interesting. Definitely a, a great perspective to have as you are building a board or if you are a leader who is looking to move into the C-suite, just understanding how boards work. Really, really important topic. 
So with that, I will leave you for the day and I'll see you next week on an advice from CEO episode. If you like this podcast, please write a review, rate it, subscribe to it, to share it. It always helps with the algorithms. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Thank you.